Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Welcome to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers. Leaders are the heartbeat of any organization. Let Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler share with you the pathway to becoming a top leader in your organization. Now, here are your hosts, Dr. Greenberg and Dr. Nadler. Welcome to Leadership Development News. I'm Dr. Relly Nadler. Dr. Kathy Greenberg, my co-host, is on the line, and we'll bring her on in just a second. Between... Kathy and I, we have helped thousands of leaders and executives to perform in the top 10%. And we're always looking for interesting information, new cutting-edge tools, practices for you to move forward so you and your people can be in the top 10%. Today, we're going to feature Dr. Lois Phillips. We like bringing new, exciting people uh, to our audience. And let me tell you a little bit about Lois. Uh, Dr. Lois Phillips is a dynamic public speaker whose clients say she practices what she teaches. Her academic background combines with executive experience to inform her training and coaching. And she uses principles gained from interviews with successful speakers and outlined in, she has a book, Women Seen and Heard, Lessons Learned from Successful Speakers. She provides coaching and training to spokespersons, managers, and executives. Dr. Phillips has a special interest in advancing women's careers, companies, and board leadership, and has produced conferences on women's leaderships, produced and moderated two television programs about women's changing roles, and has co-moderated a show called Dialogues with Judge George Eskin for a TV station, and has years of conference presentations to complement her academic research. She's going to have a lot in common with Kathy, and Kathy Greenberg, my co-host, let me tell you about her for folks who maybe don't know about her, but I doubt if there's many of you who have not heard of Dr. Kathy Greenberg. She coaches leading executives and entire companies on her proven happiness equals profit strategies. Kathy has authored multiple books on the science of happiness, including What Happy Companies Know, and now she has her latest number one bestseller, What Happy Working Mothers Know. She has touched millions of people as a speaker, TV, radio, and media personality. She's also the founder of the renowned executive consultancy, H2C Leadership, which stands for Happy Companies, Healthy People. She currently offers friendly tips and tools to be your best at work and at home on ABC's The Morning Blend. She also has a new TV web show called Your Happiness Now. You can visit Kathy at h2cleadership.com for free downloads and access your true talents for happiness and job satisfaction. 
So, Kathy, welcome to the show. Thank you, Relly. I am very excited to hear from Lois today because we're going to talk about a subject which is maybe a little bit touchy for some people. But uh, before we get on to that, I want to make sure that all of our listeners know who my co-host is, and that is Dr. Relly Nadler. He is a master-level certified executive coach, and I say that with great emphasis because there are only about 700 of these master-level certified coaches around the world, and I am very fortunate to work with one of them. Relly is also a psychologist. He's a corporate leadership and team trainer, and Dr. Relly Nadler brings his legendary expertise in emotional intelligence to all of his keynotes, consulting, coaching, and development programs. And Dr. Nadler's newest top-ranked book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, provides hundreds of tools and strategies to develop star performers across industries and in your organization. His highly respected work is the focus of countless business journals, blogs, and online news features, and you can share his programs, which are a mainstay at leading Fortune 500 companies, by visiting him at truenorthleadership.com for free downloads to access your best performance through emotional intelligence. So, Relly, I would love to just kind of start a, a little conversation here before we get to Lois on um, some of the emotional intelligence work, a little bit about what we're doing with Excel, and talk about why leadership and its development, I want to say qualities, you know, we talk about leadership development, but we really focus on leadership development qualities, and why, um, why we actually, you know, do a show about that. Sure, Kathy. Well, <clears throat> I think both you and I always want to promote evidence-based practices. There's a lot of things out there in organizations, and we really want to focus on what the research is showing. But one of the things that research is showing is that 40% of organizations today say that they're going to experience a significant gap in the number of skilled or trained leaders available to them. And the reason that there is this gap, we're at this historic leadership chaos where there's a brain drain, and there's a couple of different reasons for this brain drain. One, over the last few years, what's called the Great Recession, we've lost 8 million jobs. And so those are some of the brains we've lost. But also some of the brains that we were about ready to lose more of are the baby boomers. And they're going to be leaving a shortfall of about 10 million workers, you know, over the next 5 to 10 years. So another uh, brain drain. And then the third, the Generation X and Y, People now in their 30s and 40s who are entering into leadership roles have been known to have less emotional intelligence, mostly just because of hours behind a uh, screen, be it the computer screen or their telephone screen. You know, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating to me that in your new book, which I love, Leading with Emotional Intelligence, your research also shows that um, there is some good news that we can look forward to. And, of course, in, in the work that I've been doing over the years on uh, happiness and job performance, we know that happiness is tied to our performance by more than 93%. But uh, I'd love you to talk a little bit about the solutions that you provide to this brain drain in your book, Leading with Emotional Intelligence. Okay. Thanks, Kathy. Well, and also... Uh, in my books and your books, and what you're going to talk a little bit about is what we have come together with Excel Institute. But let me just say a little bit about some of the research. Why do we talk about leaders so much? We'll have Lois comment on leaders that she's worked with. Well, leaders have 50 to 70 percent influence over the climate of their team. We like to say that they are the emotional thermostat 
for the team. Emotions are contagious, and the most contagious person is the leader. They really influence how people are focused, what they're doing, are they feeling engaged, are they motivated. And so the, really the goal, if you're listening to this, can you come up with one or two different things that you could do that will help you or help the people that you develop move into the top 10%. When someone gets into the top 10%, many organizations, they call that exceeding expectations, that person is worth uh, twice as much to the bottom line as someone in the 89th percentile and below. They just do more, they get more done, and that's what the goal of this would be. How do you take a few things and move that forward? And, you know, one of the most important things that we forget is that uh, things like you know, our emotional intelligence and our own happiness, our own well-being, uh, is uh, under our own control. Uh, we know that there are some set points that we describe, like weight or hair color, that people have uh, relating to their capacity for distinguishing themselves. And um, one of the biggest, best news providers here on Leadership Development News is the fact, uh, and, and as you say in both of our work and today with Lois, is the fact that you can develop your own leadership skills, and you can develop the skills of others, and you have 50% control over that. And so we like to uh, make sure that everybody knows when they're listening to the show that what we try to provide are some of these tools and techniques and tips at no cost to you, and you can download these shows as well to help you excel all the time. And we do hope that you will visit us at ExcelInstitute.com for all kinds of time-saving and cost-conscious workshops and webinars throughout the year. You know, Kathy, just that research of how much is under our own influence. I just was with some friends over the weekend, and the one person uh, went to a workshop, and they had to write down what are the things that, that they have influence over. And the only thing that she came up with was the remote control. Oh, boy, we're going to have a lot to talk about today. <laughs> and I said, well, come on, you've got to come up with more than that. But anyway, well, the sad well, point is in my house I have no control over the remote. <laughs> <laughs> right, it depends on whose hands it's in. Exactly. Well, let me say a little bit more uh, about Dr. Lois Phelps, and we're going to bring her on. Um, she has been working for, for years. I've known Lois for a long time, and... Uh, she's a consultant to organizations whose work focuses on leadership and communication skills. She has a really strong background in gender issues in the workplace and in leadership. She provides training and consulting to teams as well as individual women who seek to advance or, or where they're promoted to executive leadership roles. She has been a team leader for Linkage Corporation, the summit uh, where both of us, Kathy, you and I presented recently. And she's produced workshops on how to deliver a dynamic presentation. Her academic background combines with uh, executive experience to inform her training and coaching. She uses principles gained from the interviews that she's going to speak about, outlined in her book, Women Seen and Heard, Lessons Learned from Successful Speakers. She has a special interest in advancing women's careers. And... Uh, she was one of the founders of the Antioch Santa Barbara campus, where she worked for 11 years. She was the founding executive director and putting in place a regional institutional advancement campaign to grow the campus. She has won many honors and awards for her community advocacy work, particularly in regard to women and minorities. Most recently, she has won the Headliner Award from the National Association for Women in Communication, and she will receive this at their national conference in October. Absolutely. So, 
Lois, welcome to the call. Thank you so much. I'm so delighted that we're about to have this conversation. Thank you for inviting me to be on the show. Well, we're delighted to have you, and I would love to uh, kind of kick off our little uh, conversation here for the public to share with us on um, some of the things that have influenced you, and in particular, Lois, who have been some of the most influential people. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to pose that question, give you a chance to think about it. We're going to go to a quick commercial break, and we'll be right back. So don't go away. comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whatheavyworkingmothersknow.com. Or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You're listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Dr. 
Uh, talking with Dr. Lois Phillips and to Leadership Development News, Women Seen and Heard. We're so excited about bringing her on. I'm getting tongue-tied here. The leader. <laughs> so, Lois, um, tell us a little bit about some of the people who have influenced you. That's where we left off before the break. Mm-hmm. Well, this uh, took me down memory lane because I, I really had to think about this, and I have just a couple of people I want to mention. Uh, you know, and it relates to the EQ conversation that is going to be threaded throughout uh, our hour our, our together. Uh, the first one was a professor I had when I was in college and in that time in my life when I was flailing around trying to figure out who I wanted to become. And it's so important to have someone when you're in, you know, when you're 18 or 19 to say to you, you have something to say. You're, you're someone special. And Dr. Dorothy Rambeau at Queens College encouraged me to take myself seriously as a student and encouraged me to study uh, Aristotelian logic and rhetoric. And she was a wonderful role model as an intellectual woman and really was the first woman I met who was very, very brilliant. And second, much later in life and more recently, uh, my boss in, uh, at Antioch University, who is the chancellor of Antioch University, came on board, and I watched him in a leadership role many years later after college, being, continuing to be fascinated by how people present and pitch ideas two groups that are apathetic or resistant. And here I got to see in action somebody who was extremely articulate and very forceful turn around a board of trustees by being so candid but very authentic in delivering bad news. And I watched this man, and I mean, you know, it's a cliche to say, you know, he blew my mind, but he really... Uh, was a stunning example of the power of language to convey sincerity uh, in a very direct way where there is no ambiguity about the message. So those were a couple of people, a woman and a man, who were very helpful to me in, in saying, you know, this is how something is done. This is how someone sounds who's extremely confident about what they know, and they're not going to misrepresent the truth. And I, I think those are the kinds of people that leave a deep impression. And these two were, I would say, two of the most important people who influenced me and made me want to learn more about leadership and the power of presence and language to convey authority. So I, I hope that's an okay Oh, no, that answer. was terrific. Yeah. You know, one of the things that I'm, I'm thinking about is the, the many challenges that we all face uh, today and obviously these folks have helped you through some pretty challenging times and experiences and we have so many leaders um, in in the current I guess what we could call global economic crisis you know we've got war going on we've got uprisings uh, you know all over uh, we only see the ones that the press chooses for us but you know how should leaders truly communicate when their people are, are very fearful and they're uncertain. And, you know, in your experience, right, speaking from the, the leaders that you have, have seen or worked with in challenging times, what works best? I think it's so important that you convey to people that you are trustworthy. And this is an era of tremendous cynicism and distrust of leaders at, in every sector. Because, I mean, this is, I'm not going out on a limb when I say this. I know, 
you know, we think about the banking industry, you know, the political leaders, corporate leaders. Uh, we are, um, most of us, very anxious about the future because the way in which we solve problems in the past isn't any longer useful to us. And so we want to know that we can rely on people who will say what they're going to do and then do what they say and follow through. So it's through a lot, a set of behaviors, I think you can say, this is how it's going to be and this is how I frame the present problem. This is how I understand it. And I have a bigger view than you do, but let me explain to you where I'm coming from. And I know in your work with emotional intelligence, the importance of being an authentic individual. But, you know, I, if we really drill down, we know that there are certain behaviors that are tied to being perceived as a sincere individual who's reliable. And I think this is a critical um, issue for people today. So if you're in a leadership role or moving into a leadership role, you really need to take a deep look at yourself and know who you are so that you can follow up with what you're promising people because there are an awful lot of broken promises floating around the headlines um, and, and households today where people made assumptions about the, what the future was going to be based on what they heard from leaders. So I think your ability not just to sound wonderful and be a wonderful orator, which is great, but I, you know, that's a skill set. But I think coming from a place of sincerity and authenticity is very, very important. Uh, and and you know, you can't fake sincerity. You you have to be who you are. And you can learn, you know, how to modulate your voice and how to stand tall and how to organize your ideas logically. And all of those things are teachable and learnable. But there is that, um, you know, that, that issue of knowing who you are and being willing to present yourself authentically. That is very difficult but very essential. Well, Lois, two of the things that you're saying are, cornerstones for emotional intelligence you know one is that trustworthiness and, and the key thing really uh, being able to publicly admit mistakes mm-hmm. uh, is important and then the other thing you're highlighting is the self-awareness so a lot of what we talk about here is that you really have to start knowing yourself mm-hmm. and, I, and i have to say and i'm sure you both have heard this because you're on the stage so much and you get the good thing about going to those great conferences is that you hear other leaders and thinkers also express what they're grappling with and trying to, to understand is that this is very common today, I think, by the great minds in, in the management guru business, that um, there's, there's a, a newfound respect for this a notion of, of, of looking at yourself deeply and really figuring out who you are and what you can stand. And, and really that helps you build the team of people around you to complement and supplement yourself so that you're not standing alone when you step up, that there are people to the left and right of you who have helped you grow into yourself and given you feedback. You need to be open to that feedback. You need to want it and take it seriously, I think, in order to move forward. Yeah, Lois, and one of the things that's popping into my mind right now as you're, <clears throat> pardon me, as you're speaking is, um, yeah, and I don't, we're going to be talking about some, you know, obviously interesting and, and some controversial issues here because we're talking about challenges that speakers face. Um, and I know that, you know, you have a, a particular perspective on this, mm-hmm. especially with our political leaders. I mean, how about the cover of Newsweek, right, mm-hmm. uh, with, with um, 
you know, Michelle Bachman eating this corn dog. I mean, mm-hmm. people say, was, was, was she thinking properly? Were her people handling her correctly? Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there are things that we don't think about, speaking about your own emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. really, um, as leaders. We don't even realize sometimes that even the innocent things that we do uh, can impact us negatively. That's right, and that's why it's very important to be open to feedback and to work with a team of people who are going to, quote, handle you well if you're in politics. Because we know from research that's 30 years old that nonverbal communication is anywhere from 87 to 93 percent of all communication. So standing there holding a corn dog is, is a meta message about um, the individual and not, not necessarily the one she wanted to give. And I think that women in the media, though, um, have a particular challenge by the coverage they receive, and that's a whole other topic. But I think that uh, she or anyone, whether it was Hillary or Elizabeth Dole, uh, were often depicted in very unflattering ways, the worst possible expression on their faces. Uh, the coverage was about their uh, hemlines, their hairdos, uh, not about their, their brilliance, their intellectual capacity. And I think Michelle Bachman, for her to be taken seriously, really has to, um, you know, overcome a lot of obstacles as a woman speaking. Whatever you think about her politics and her point of view, and she's certainly not progressive uh, in terms of, you know, her positions and where she lands. But you, there are there are certain ways you have to be doubly sensitive to your image as you're covered, because your remarks won't necessarily be covered as much as the fashion statement you're making. Right. No, I want you on You're holding. Absolutely. So we're talking about some of the about men and and women, you know, at least like you're saying, as far as women, they're going to be covered a little bit more for how they dress. What about um, how the difference between how men and women uh, communicate and if there's difference? And I know some of this we're going to be highlighting in your book, Women and Seen and Heard. But what do you what do you see as maybe some of the difference between how men and women communicate and maybe how should women communicate? Mm-hmm. Uh, well, I, I study this and um, have really benefited from women like Deborah Tannen and Deborah Kolb who are looking at communication um, from their perspectives as linguists or um, an, uh, business management uh, scholars. And I think just let me start off by saying socialization plays a large part in the way men and women communicate from the day that we're born wrapped in a pink blanket or a blue blanket. Maybe now there's more yellow and white blankets. I don't know. But, you know, those of us who are over, let's say, over 35 um, have been socialized to express ourselves in a particular way. And there is um, a uh, an expectation that girls will be um, quieter, more modest, um, and be more supportive and um, and so forth, and boys are encouraged to be more aggressive and play sports and all this is changing in ways that I think are very positive but i I will just be drilled down here and be very specific about the language that women use and i 've heard this today by um, women speaking at business conferences and and to my surprise that women tend to um, you know often just uh, start a, a statement a very strong statement with a disclaimer such as, it's just my opinion, you probably already know this, or can I ask you a dumb question? Uh, they may um, hedge, and they may use, I call them weasel words, maybe, perhaps, I'll see, I'll try, sort of, kind of, 
those kinds of things really diminish the the clarity. So the leader the leader is putting something out in a tentative way, and the recipient isn't even sure how to quote her in the morning. So did she or didn't she? Um, and then there may be tag questions and qualifiers. Don't you agree? Uh, I'm right, aren't I? Um, there could be excessive adjectives and inappropriate apologies for things, asking too many questions, little girl voices. These are all things that really inhibit um, the credibility of the speaker, and I think that um, they're very easy to learn, and videotaping and audiotaping gives feedback very well, so people can't believe what they said and the way they said it. Men don't, men don't start with apologies. They just get to the point and tell, you what, tell the audience what they want. So, Lois, one of the things that I'd love for our audience to know more about is why you wrote this book, Women Seen and Heard. So I'm going to give you that question to think about while we go to yet another little break. But we'll be right back. So don't go away. You're listening to Leadership Development News. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and in Internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the happiness equals profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, WhatHappyWorkingMothersKnow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network.
listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're having a lively conversation with Dr. Lois Phillips here. And Lois, you wrote uh, the book. We want to get into a little bit about why you wrote the book called Women Seen and Heard. So what was what was kind of the, your motivation for that? Well, first of all, I think you know very well that most people are very anxious about speaking. And someone once wrote they would rather be inside the coffin than standing next to it delivering the eulogy. It's very anxiety-inducing, and I think that you can't look at uh, the cultivation of new talent without help, you know, looking at how you want to help people speak to groups, motivate, influence people, persuade people on a course of action, and simply help people cope with change, which is inevitable today. So if you're going to coach leaders, you have to deal with the anxiety that your clients bring to the table, because most of them would rather not do it. And um, I was particularly interested in how I might help women advance since I saw the need to have more women moving into executive leadership roles. And, you know, it's a problem for women because when women get up to speak, to face a group and deal with a complex situation, there is more skepticism in the minds of the listeners than there would be if the speaker were a male. And I've studied the history of women as speakers from the cave days to the present day, and it's it's always been a problem. And and I think today it's just much more subtle. You know, people are saying to themselves, you know, does she have the uh, the resources to bring to the table? Um, is she tough enough to follow through with these questions, with this with this action plan? Um, and you know, is she going to be able to mobilize? what we need in the way of capital and there the i think the speaker when the speaker is a woman she has to be out of the gate very quickly to gain credibility as the voice of authority that's historically been a male voice so you know if she's short if she's buxom if she's blonde if she's a grandma if she's gay if she's in a wheelchair whatever it is there are many layers if she's from a different background a different ethnic group uh, if she's facing a mainly male audience. And we know that women can be even tougher on other women than men are. So she has to be very good in her opening remarks. And I work with my clients in uh, making sure that they get out of the gate very quickly. And I think that, um, you know, the second thing is that women, in a way, are experiencing a double bind as they face a group and are pitching a new idea or uh, dealing with a very tough situation because they can't be too aggressive. Uh, they're going to sound like, you know, they're on the ledge with an edge, uh, rhymes with which. There are so many negative descriptors of women who are tough and have that abrasive voice. Um, and those kinds of criticisms don't come at men who can be very tough in, in speaking situations. And you can't be too too soft, too nice, too sweet. And that's where the tentative language really can undermine the way in which you present yourself. So I think, you know, you can't be too tough. You can't be too soft. You have to walk a very fine line um, down the middle so that you are seen as extremely intelligent and extremely capable, and you're selling the audience on your capacity to lead at the same time 
that you are conveying your message. That, you know, you've got two jobs to do. And the male speaker has one job to do, which is convey um, the message. So I think it, you know, became very interesting to me intellectually. And I present at conferences and I do small coaching groups. And, I, and the feedback on this is that it's really helpful in engendering confidence and knowing how to prepare strategically, not just in some logical way of organizing your key points and using PowerPoint. You know, Lois, one of the things I just want to um, kind of take a, a moment to expand on, because you've, you've said a lot and there's a lot of information there which is um, incredibly helpful for people who are trying to hone in on some of their speaking skills, both male and female, because I think it will also help people listen differently. But I know, and I'd love you to comment on this, uh, when I'm speaking to a group of 5,000 women or a group of 300 mixed men and women, or when I do my TV show for ABC or any other network, I take on a very different speaking style because you, you can't always be that middle-of-the-road person or you also will lose some of your credibility. So you do have to have some point of view sometimes, which you know obviously helps your messaging, but provides the audience with some substance. Can you comment on that a little bit? Well, I, I think this is where your emotional intelligence comes into play, in that every audience is very unique. And it's this complex constellation of people. The more you know about who you're facing, the more relational you can be. And I coach my clients to take their generic topic, could be healthcare, it could be profitability, time management, whatever it is, and make sure they know who they're talking to so that they can customize it. <clears throat> Some groups really appreciate an emphasis on anecdotal material, personal experience, and others are very... Um, you know, analytical and linear and systematic, and they want the facts and they want to present it, and that's how you're going to win their hearts and minds. So material has to be customized to, um, you know, to really connect with the listeners. And you are a complex individual, as, as I am, as we all are, and so you have many facets to your personality. And I think that's what makes public speaking fun. I'm one of those weird people who really loves it because of the challenge a puzzle to me to think about how to take my message and really customize it. It sounds like that's your approach as well. Absolutely. And, you know, one of the things that I have an advantage of in my history, um, two, two advantages, and we'll, we'll get, you know, the subject back on track here, but for, you know, people who are thinking about what advantages do they have from an emotional intelligence standpoint that they can apply to their speaking skills, you know, two of the advantages that I have, one is my father and mother were in show business, so I was on a stage at the age of two in front of, you know, hundreds and thousands of people because my father would sing to me on the stage. <laughs> Terrific. Uh, I was a prop, <laughs> a child prop. And the second thing is um, when I did work in the area of nonverbal communication with uh, non-human primates for a decade with monkeys and apes, uh, obviously, you learn a lot about what's going on within a social network in an organization because, you know, you're looking at what they're doing and their actions truly are what they're doing because there are no words. So 
you know, the nonverbals, as you say, is also something that I pick up on. Mm-hmm. But one thing I just want to say to everybody who's listening out here is this, this is a phenomenal book, and it's a great piece of research, and, and I cannot believe that you give away so many free tips, Lois, but I'll, I'll tell you the one thing that helps people is interview some of your key audience participants mm-hmm. before you get to your yeah. destination because, as Relly will tell you from his experience as well, you'll win a lot of hearts and minds if you get a few facts that you can throw into a generic presentation. And also, you can find out some great gossip beforehand. <laughs> and, and there is there could be that one anecdote you. that you right. didn't you didn't know that the board chair is uh, in some trouble and is about to be ousted by some political turmoil on the board of trustees. Absolutely. Um, and you can come up with a particular opening anecdote, joke, illustration that's going to be so off point because people are so anxious about what's going to happen at the board meeting after your speech. So, you know, you can really, um, if you can find out something interesting that's relevant and on the minds of the listeners, they so appreciate the the fact that you took the time to understand that they're challenged by dilemma X, and or they had a great success and a huge win, and you acknowledge that in your opening. They feel a connection to you, and they're open to whatever comes their way as you proceed. So it's you know we're back to how do you relate to people? You have to listen. You have to ask questions and listen. And then there's that creative challenge part I enjoy so much, which is how do I move this into the opening remark? Um, how does this connect for me? And uh, every time I haven't taken the time to do that, I have been flat. There's been a flatness about the connection, and that I've um, that that hasn't served me well. These are, these, are homework. Great, these are these are great tips that you're both are given, and I know. Talking to people in the audience, I think another tip of that is just now you now you know someone in there. Aside from uh, in addition to what you're saying, Lois and Kathy, now you know someone. You're not just talking to this whole group. You have a few people that you really know intimately. And just an anecdote for Kathy, I've seen Kathy charm working moms and working generals, and you couldn't get from uh, one extreme to another. And then knowing how to individualize your your leadership, and then talk about that. What? Uh, as far as women in, in top leadership positions, you know, Lois, what's what's your take on that? How how are we doing? You know, are we succeeding? This is a, such a great question, and I'm going to try to answer it in a very focused way. But I, I do want to refer your listeners to the research that it appears on the website from Catalyst.org, and they are an amazing source of information about how women are doing in top leadership positions. And it's really so surprising because people like Kathy and me and others who are out there uh, with our finger on the pulse and feeling confident and having interesting lives um, are, um, you know, are feeling good about things because we certainly advanced since our mother's days and many doors have opened. But you'd be surprised to know that of the Fortune 500 companies, only 14 are uh, women CEOs. Of the Fortune 501 to 1,000 companies, only 14 women are CEOs. And this is as of August uh, 2011. And not, I think that, that, is that not, not 1950. Yeah, is that 2% still? Something like yeah. that. I mean, it's really, it's just stunning. And so, you know, there is a glass ceiling, and I, I'm... So I we're going to break it. I just read something really interesting uh, from Dr. Judith Rosner, who's at well, you know UC what? Irvine. I'm going to ask you to hold that thought sure. because we want to hear the whole thought. Okay. And we have to go to another commercial break. <laughs> but hopefully everybody's going to stay tuned. Please tune in 
to tune up your performance. We'll be right back with Leadership Development News. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Most leaders underestimate their influence and power over others and thus underperform. Dr. Relly Nadler and Leaders Playbook help leaders point the way by providing the strategic place to get to the top in a simple paint-by-the-numbers process. Seasoned and emerging leaders will have answers to these questions. What are the steps to move up and become a star in your organization? How do you develop your people to be the next level leaders in the organization? What are your triggers that are holding you back and how do you manage them? How do you maximize your power and influence so you and your team perform better. What do you do to ensure your communication is received accurately? How do you delegate effectively? How do you develop strong relationships across the organization? Emotional intelligence training, coaching, books, and tools by Dr. Nadler are available at his website, www.truenorthleadership.com or 805-683-1066. Let Kathy Greenberg teach you and your team how to harness the power of happiness to generate even greater success and satisfaction at work. Did you know by applying coaching and the new science of happiness, you can improve your return on people anywhere from 50% to 350%. At H2C, we believe in both a return on people, that's ROP, as much as return on investment, or ROI. Kathy Greenberg, New York Times bestselling author of What Happy Working Mothers Know and internationally acclaimed What Happy Companies Know, is the leading global expert on coaching combined with the new science of happiness and originator of the Happiness Equals Profits business formula. Kathy's company, H2C, Happy Companies, Healthy People, provides practical knowledge for individuals and entire companies to maximize their potential in as little as one day. Kathy is available for one-to-one executive coaching, group programs, and as an electrifying conference speaker. Catch Kathy Greenberg at leading conferences and as a spokesperson for Cancer Treatment Centers of America. For free tips and downloads, visit Kathy's award-winning book site, whathappyworkingmothersknow.com, or for distinctive learning, practical solutions, and proven results for your business, visit Kathy Greenberg at h2cleadership.com. That's h2cleadership.com. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. Listening to Leadership Development News, Profiles and Practices of Top Performers with your hosts, Dr. Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We know you have leadership questions for these noted experts, so call us toll-free at 1-866-472-5790. That number again is 1-866-472-5790. Now, let's get back to the show. Welcome back to Leadership Development News. We're talking with Dr. Lois Phillips. Let me just let you know if you want more information on her, her website is www.loisphillips, with two L's, dot com. And Lois, before the break, you were just getting into some of the research from, uh, I guess you said Judy Rosner from yes. UC Irvine. Uh-huh. Maybe we want to jump back into that. Yeah, she's a professor emeritus. She's a wonderful speaker, and um, I've seen her so many times, and she never she never fails to uh, to convey her point in a humorous way. But she was talking about the fact that the glass ceiling is real. 
it's still there. And I had mentioned the very small number of women who have achieved the very top of the Fortune 100 and uh, Fortune 500 companies. And um, she said, you know, when you think about the glass ceiling, remember that that glass ceiling is somebody's floor. And if we shatter it, then people are going to be afraid to fall. Somebody's going to fall through that shattered ceiling, which is their floor. I thought it was a great image because I think there's a lot of fear about um, about women advancing into what had been formerly an all-male territory and white male territory. And, you know, this is a, a very dated view of companies today which are global, which are diverse. And um, I think leaders who are insightful, as you mentioned in your opening remarks, really want talent to stay. If you hire somebody good, you don't want to lose them. You want to create a culture in which people feel appreciated and have an opportunity to grow. And, um, and we need everyone at the table. We need women's perspective as well as men's. Women are tremendous consumers. They're the ones who buy technology for homes. They buy appliances. They buy cards. They understand the markets. Uh, and they, they have a consumer, an appreciation for consumers. So we want them at the tables at which policy decisions are made and strategies are developed. Uh, and I think that team leaders really, um, you know, do themselves uh, a disservice if they don't find ways to bring a woman's point of view to the table. We know from the research on emotional intelligence that women are uh, empathic, that they um, are more expressive than men, they express their feelings, their concerns, their worries, they predict the consequences of the decision as it affects other people. They're very consumer-oriented. And so they're really, in this at this moment in our economy, they're going to be bring value to the table, and that's what you want. So um, I, and, and looking at the research from McKinsey as well, um, they did a terrific study that's also available on the web called Women Matter, Gender Diversity as a Corporate Performance Driver. And it showed that um, companies with the most women on their senior team showed superior growth in equity, operational results, and share price. That companies um, outperform those with no women on nine criteria of organizational excellence when the senior team is made up of at least one-third women. So we could go on and talk about this, but I think that, you know, we need to move into the future here and, and make sure that women's capacity is presented when we solve problems and plan strategies. I, I could listen to you talk about this subject forever. <laughs> <laughs> and just so we, we capture that, if people are interested in that McKinsey study, where is that from? The McK McKinsey Report is on the web. Just go to McKinsey Report, colon, Women Matter. Okay. And it will show up. It's the a McKinsey data. Report. And, um, Outstanding. The Catalyst Report is on the web. And there's just some really exciting, um, you know, research on women-led companies in India performing better. So we're now taking, uh, the companies like McKinsey are taking a global perspective on this and saying, you know, what are the, uh, and this links with your research, Kathy and Relly, and looking at the summary findings and recommendations for action from the Families and Work Institute, which is also on the Catalyst website, that they find that um, you have greater profitability and greater success and greater retention of talent when there is an alignment between the values of the managers 
and leaders and the company culture. So this is where, you know, the point of view about, you know, tandem positions, telecommuting, flexibility, um, all of those kinds of things, training and development opportunities, opportunities to place people internationally, um, really lead you to keep good people. You don't want to lose someone who's been with the company for 18 years taking the intellectual property yeah, with them. Yeah, that's a huge waste. But, you know, I want to uh, kind of dovetail into um, perhaps a subject uh, as as we get close to the end of the show here that I'd love to hear more about, and that is your your kind of top-of-mind story that you can share uh, with our listeners about something that you've seen in the in the press. Well, there's been a lot in the press recently, and I'm going to try to connect the dots briefly for you because this is a piece I'm writing, and I'm I'm hoping it's going to appear um, in um, the um, one of the the papers. It's it's about three women who um, were very brilliant, are very brilliant, and were top executive leaders, and whose stories have appeared in the press. One is Elizabeth Warren, whose heart is with the consumers and who failed in her job, you might say, uh, in not being given the top position of leading the, the commission she was um, assigned to, although now some people say she's running for Ted Kennedy's Senate seat in Massachusetts, so she's landed on her feet. But she spoke up. She asserted herself. She spoke from the heart about the a need to really protect consumers, and she wasn't successful in today's turbulent situation in D.C. Then there's a woman I bet you've never heard of called Brooksley Bourne, who was the subject of a frontline documentary. And what happened to her when she went to testify in front of Congress and predicted a financial meltdown? And she was one of those good girls who wore the little bow ties and had the pearl earrings and from a top uh, Ivy League school whose um, study area was derivatives. And she went to Congress and talked to Rubin and, and Geithner and Greenspan and Larry Summers. He was the man who said women didn't have the capacity to do well in science, by the way, at Harvard, lost his job there. But these four men were in front of her, and she said, we need to really start worrying about a financial meltdown here because these derivatives are outside the regulatory bodies. And they said, you know, you're such a whiner. You're really creating fear and anxiety in the public, and this isn't going to happen. And that was the end of Brooksley Bourne. So the Frontline documentary shows you the drama of her presentation to Congress and the way in which she was treated so disdainfully and so disrespectfully as just another hysterical woman. And the third one is a New York Times story about Sheila Baer, who was the head of the Federal Deposit Insurance Corporation, 57-year-old chairwoman who just left that position. And I, there's a great quote in the article about her uh, leaving this position and saying, you know, I always cared about the little guy. I thought it was important for everybody to play by the same set of rules. And she said the other regulators never saw the pain of a bank closure, but that was our role. We saw people losing their jobs when we shut down a little bank. They never understood the unfairness of the way little banks were treated versus big banks. And that's where she was coming from, and she's now left her job. So I think it's dangerous for women to step up and say and deliver a tough message. And I think they're evaluated more critically. It's harder for them to be taken seriously. Lois, you've been amazing. Thank you so much. I so enjoyed the opportunity to share what I'm thinking about on this subject. And if you want more information about Lois, let me give you her website again, www.loisphillips.com. 
And thank you, Lois. This has been great. We really appreciate it. Thank you so much. You've been listening to Leadership Development News. Tune in again next week. Tuning in to tune up your performance. You've been listening to Leadership Development News, profiles and practices of top performers with your hosts, Kathy Greenberg and Relly Nadler. We sincerely hope that you gained some great ideas and inspiration on how to elevate your leadership skills. Join us again next Monday at noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific Time right here on the Voice America Business Channel.